That's the wrong sound panel. It is. It's Tuesday. I don't even know oh, no, what no, just no. happened there. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're all messed up on a Tuesday. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. That's what happens. Your boys got your back with the intro music. Today we're talking about Amazon's, get this, 150% churn rate. 150% churn rate. If there's any HR managers right now, they all have their coffee. Everyone listening to this. It's like everything. When you when you have a situation that's bad, right? And automotive historically has had a pretty bad churn rate. You're always kind of looking for the other person that has it worse. And you're like, yeah, but it's not. I got some context. I can't wait to. I haven't even told you my context for that story, but uh, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So here we go. <laughs> What's the ominous beeping noise? Yeah, it. that's from another thing that we did that was loaded up on the roadcaster. We got a lot of stuff going on today. That's why if you can hear that on the podcast. You know what that sound is. That's a rattle can. We're going to spray paint some stuff rattle in can. a Soto world today. We'll show you what that's all about. Uh, if you stay tuned to our social stuff, you'll see why we're spray painting straight, stuff. He's going straight Philly. I, I am. We're just rattle canning <laughs> the heck out of stuff. Um, and by the way, you'll probably most likely see that on Instagram, LinkedIn, or TikTok, which if you don't follow us, we have a lot of fun on LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok every single day. Our all social team does an amazing yeah. job of keeping it fun and engaging. So check us out. Join that community. It's more of a conversation. It's great. Also, uh, Kyle and I are going to be on a live stream today at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with the one and only Brian Pash talking about the creative track that we're putting on at the Modern Retail Conference in November. Uh, we're going to invite some other creatives. And if you're a creative or a marketing manager or a, a general manager that's always like, I don't know what to do to get my creatives fired up to make better content that drives ROI, Come spend a little time with us at 10. We'll tell you what we're up to and uh, give you some tips, tricks, and uh, get you a little bit inspired. We got a little, we got a big announcement. There's a little big announcement. I I don't know what the the little little big announcement is, um, but it seems like you do. So we'll just, (laughs) we'll just go with that. Uh, But it's a good one. Okay. We'll take that. Well, in an effort to get into the show and not to belabor it anymore, we're going to talk about our first story. So here we go. According to leaked internal documents, Amazon is experiencing attrition rates as high as 81% across the entire company spanning positions. It's not just the warehouse workers. From warehouse workers all the way through vice presidents, the documents, which include several internal research papers, slide decks, spreadsheets, indicate that only a third of new hires are still there after 90 days. That's That deserves a That's double rough. record scratch. <laughs> a double record scratch. Brutal. So uh, a couple other uh, news sources actually did some more research. New York Times investigation revealed an annual turnover rate of 150% among outwardly employees. So once you take that all employees, which is 81%, and just you know separate out the hourly employees, it's actually... 150 percent it's one and a half turns yep i've never heard anything like that in my life god that's just unbelievable how do you even manage that that's like, there's that's gotta the be real some- question well you spend eight billion dollars which is the estimated cost that amazon uh incurs for such a high turnover rate i have no idea how you manage it but strangely I, enough I just, like okay so i'll tell you this I, I know a good amount of Amazon workers or people that have worked at Amazon just because we have some major hubs, we have uh, some uh, like some uh, corporation type level people here, and there is like the way in which they press their people is very intense. Like I know some some people with VP titles that are consistently 
kind of like fearful of whether or not their job will make it to the next quarter. Yep. Like they have that much, like the way that they are pushing buttons and stressing for like innovative ideas or new things is at the VP level is that high intensity. And then you go down and you talk to like these warehouse employees and some of these people are buying new shoes every two months. And I was just in, I was just in Miami and track with me here. I buy this new guy, shoes every was, two months. Different yeah, reasons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next story right now. <laughs> no, but when we were in Miami, I was in with uh, my Lyft driver on the way to the, to the airport. Naturally. And I was like, hey, is this your full-time gig? And he's like, oh, no, I do this when I'm not working the floor at an Amazon warehouse, right? So he's picking. He's a picker. And they've just recently moved. They used to like everyone would get like high end running shoes because mm -hmm. that's how much they were on their feet moving through the day. Like every warehouse worker that I know at Amazon does that. They're now required to wear steel toed boots. Oh, OSHA got involved. So now oh. you're running around a warehouse oh. floor on your feet. And you're looking at every other, you're looking at like a Chipotle employee no making the same dollars as you no getting way. free food. And like the movement is four to five feet a day Sheesh. and you have to wear steel toed boots instead of Crocs. Shoes. And comfortable so shoes. I, yeah. I can understand why there's a high level of turnover because the, you know, the pressure they put on their executive employees yeah. and, the, and the the physical demand of their hourly employees is that's an intense work environment. Some people in the comments, Jim Elliott saying he's heard local instances and, you know, a number of people left local businesses for Amazon and came back within six months. That's a pretty common tale. Um, yeah. I don't know if we reported on this a while ago, but I, I read something probably a year or two ago that talks about Amazon's internal uh, system actually incentivizes their people to tell basically, or make it known when one of their coworkers is doing a subpar job. It, it's really created right. this dog yes. eat dog, right? It's a performance minded wow. mentality performance at all costs. Um, ironically, as I was putting this part of the story together, I got big full page or half page display ads on some of the sites I was visiting that were Amazon employment or Amazon employment ads <laughs> offering with a with a smiling Gen Zer like saying quite obviously 24 year old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Saying free technical training <laughs> with no college debt. I was like, wow. what? a Literally, I'm on the page with this Amazon story. And that, yeah, that comes up. Without it out. And I think this highlights a few things. Um, number one, in automotive, right? We've traditionally had a turnover issue, right? And we're seeing that improve, especially in dealerships that have embraced a more progressive business model. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, work schedule changes, um, a lot of, you know, like uh, low pressure sales or no pressure sales, single point of contact. The stores that develop that, the, the data all shows their churn is way, way lower, right? So we're making great yep. progress. But I think this just highlights the very human element of working anywhere, and it's that people need purpose. And when, yeah. you know, because one, one of the main issues that's cited is the fact that, ironically again, that Amazon has a, doesn't do a good job of tracking promotion status or reviews yep. or any feedback or at all. paths to promotion. Paths right, to promotion, yes. big one. So you have people in this machine that is really geared towards moving up levels. Like everybody has a level, like the military, actually the employments. So- like it's they they 
get you in. They say, this is how you succeed in this, this company. You move up these ranks. And then they put you in very mundane, a little bit combative work experiences or work environment. And then they still don't tell you how, how close you are to that next level. Like talk about feeling no sense of purpose. 150%. I'm out. And we're out here mad. We got our stuff in two days instead of one day. Of course. Ooh. Why not? Because they set that expectation. They set uh, the expectation. So setting expectation, smiling Gen Zer, setting expectation two day to one day. Hey, look, the higher level your expectations, the higher level your your execution has to be. And we know that when creating brand. Well, speaking of Gen Z expectations. Stop. Hey, that's a good one. That's a natural one. That was supernatural. I'm proud of that one. Natural. And that was like, that was like, I, I like, I lobbed it. You took the softball, like, cranked it over the fence. It was good. A uh, new yes. study by Advantage Unified Commerce indicates a major shift in buying behavior between millennials and Gen Zers when it comes to indulgent premium products. I'm a part of a, a company called Gage, which vets some uh, basically people to fill out surveys and give responses and video responses to companies as they want more information. And that's how I found out about this um, because mm -hmm. it gives you a little summary. And basically this is indicating that Gen Zers value premium products. They want the swag. They want the drip. They want to feel exclusive. And it's no surprise. One of the things I gave in my video feedback, it's no surprise when they're really being uh, coming up in this environment when all these YouTubers, all these social media influencers are doing yep. extravagant things, right? Like even Mr. Beast, you look at Mr. Beast and you're going to find him and his crew around like, hey, this we ate a $200,000 ice cream sundae, right? And the dude's like, this caramel came from a hundred year old apple tree, right? Right there. And he's pouring the caramel. He's like, yep. that's going to set you back 30 grand. Right. So there's this element of indulgence and exclusivity. And this is indicating basically in a facing recession that brands have to deliver an elevated experience that creates these indulgent moments. And that's the way they can actually, yep. you know, kind of get through a recession. So I, I put another a yeah. few other things in here, but what are you thinking on this? Well, so I, I think that this is like uh, I, I would say that the prevailing social media environment is what drives retail experience across the board. So like mm -hmm. when millennials were kind of coming through the new buying power, right? It was like, what are millennials doing? How are they perceiving? How are they interacting with retail environments? And that starts to explode and extrapolate into the rest of the generations, right? Because that's the new, that's where all the attention is now. So now the attention is all on Gen Z, what they're paying attention to, how they're interacting socially. And that's starting to extrapolate itself out into other generations. And so I'm even sensing some of this, like you, you enter any retail environment with this expectation of extravagance, right? I mean, even just like you look at the at the F1 moves in Miami and Las oh, Vegas no and, and the way that, and the way that like brands are pressing into experience and extravagance because of everything that's happening on social media and in, even in branding and advertising. And so, um, you know, that, that mentality of like, and, and what's interesting here is this, this is very parallel to me to this like rebirth of the retail environment, the brick and mortar store, because it's right in line with like creating an exact extravagant experience. Like that can only be done really well in person. And so when you think about that shift, 
actually lend this type of like premium experience shift lending itself to brick and mortar retail experiences. I think there's a lot of parallels. I think, I think, I don't, I don't think it only be done in brick and mortar, but I think it is very like effectively done in brick and mortar. We talked about pop-up shops yesterday, right? And you talk about a brand that you interact with maybe online, but then you have a chance to touch and feel, take some selfies, right? Let people know you were there. It's about that exclusivity. Um, We have some more stuff in the show notes if you want to read it, but basically talking about millennials, um, you tend to be driven by the pursuit of authenticity and truth. We just went through that whole thing, right? Long emotional commercials, right? That are tugging at your heartstrings, right? Because there was like this search, right? The pendulum, always swings watch throughout history people are always like oh kids these days but just watch it it goes back and forth so we've swung authentic right it has to mean something gen z however they're more open-minded mentality for exploration and they want to be out loud right i want to like it so there's like a twinge of authenticity in it but it's like i want to live out loud but i want other people to see me living out loud (laughs) right and that's the thing they see themselves as creators right they grew up native to posting about themselves, sharing the yeah, things. Yeah, it's a that creator economy. Like that's 100%. how they that's how they they perceive the world. Yeah. So you look at millennials; they're aspirational in their brand intentions and their product intentions. Gen Z are intentionally premium. Like I want you to see that I have it going on. And this last piece, this last piece, while millennials would kind of lean back from working more to live their more authentic life, Gen Zers like, oh, I'm not going to scale back. I'm just going to work harder to get that stuff. So you get pendulum swinging back and forth. So uh, we'll see what this means for the workplace, what it means for retail. Certainly we're going to find out what it means for the, the social consequence of living. Everyone lives with a social consequence of mindset and how I they wonder feel. if we see like the next great generation of the salesperson reborn with the Gen Z or like they're communicators, like, you, you know. man. It's like, I bet, I bet we do, right? Cause you're going to find that, look, you watch YouTube and you watch influencers and all they're doing honestly is selling, selling things. They're selling things, but they're selling things in a way that brings status and not in a way that just seems forceful. I mean, it's, it's pretty brilliant. I think it's kind of the natural state, right? Uh, Everything is sales. Everything is convincing somebody of this for position and status and self-fulfillment. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll just see how that, how that breaks down over the next years, but what an amazing trend to be observing. And we're watching the transition from, you know, Gen X to millennials to Gen Z. It is happening. I have some in my home. (laughs) There it is. Well, speaking of things getting broken down. My turn to lob it. That was a total bump set. There it is. (laughs) So a piece of auto manufacturing history is setting to go down in Jacksonville City. Uh, the council there unanimously, unanimously agreed Tuesday uh, with the owner of the Ford factory, which was built in 100 years ago, that it's coming down. Interestingly enough, Model Ts were built here eight years before Ford closed operations as a result of the Great Depression. Um, at one point, the factory was outputting 200 cars a day, which if it sounds small, actually is. But it was a big lift back then. Most modern manufacturing uh, facilities are putting out over 1,000 cars right now. Um, it's been, uh, in recent history, a parts warehouse, then a pallet factory. And if you if you kind of take a, a little look at the, the article, you can see that it's just a rundown factory, but it's a part of like the deep history. If I was Ford, 
I would like send a whole crew there story right time. now, right? Not story not, time. Not the yeah. city, right? We we'd be telling stories there. Like yeah, we're not we're not leaning on the, the city photographer. <laughs> no offense to any oh, city photographers that, out there. That's gonna be tough. <laughs> right. We're gonna document well, this. I, I think that this is, you know, this is in, indicative of like just as we look at so many there's there's so many of these factories that have been the legacy, the the ground root of so much of manufacturing, even inside and outside of auto. And so for a, a historical place like this to kind of be, you know, hey, look, we got to put up retail. We got to put up, you know, new industry in the place. Uh, and we're seeing things like the giga, giga factories that Tesla's building replacing that just because of the speed and efficiency needed. So, um, but hey, look, we got to bring the, the, the nostalgic stories. Uh, I think while, you do. You know? And actually, if you have a minute to go into the show notes and click on the link, uh, when you click through, there are some amazing pictures. I mean, they're just staggering of yeah. like, like probably thousands of factory workers. And at that time they were all men in like suits lined up at these, like, yes. I don't know, they're like lunch tables and, or whatever. Uh, and I was just like, dang, it's easy to forget what it took to get this industry to where it is today. And it looks vastly different, but it's easy to forget like the shoulders we stand on, on a day in day out basis. And it just, it's kind of brought me back. Like, wow. I mean, like goes back to Dave Meltzer's episode of auto collabs yesterday. Um, I mean, not Auto Collabs, a SodaCon Sessions, one of our podcasts. He was talking about there's just no industry that has affected culture, quality of life more than the automotive industry. So we're glad to be a part Yo, of that industry with you today. Go out, care for your people. Make sure that your churn rate gets below 80%. We're going to shoot for like 30% and we're going to call it a day. <laughs>